Welcome back to Data Talks Hockey. We got a special edition episode coming at you right now from the outdoors of Virginia. That's right. I'm joining you from outside in the elements. It's going to be a great episode tonight whenever you're listening to this. Uh, at the time I'm recording this, uh, it's twilight and it's just a beautiful day outside. So I thought I'd uh, venture out here and do my episode out here in the in nature. Uh, you can hear the frogs down by uh the pond in the backyard and i just thought it'd be very very uh scenic day to do uh my podcast out here so without further ado guys we're gonna get right into this uh video here bi-weekly report of the playing for mitch league not really a bi-weekly report i'm a little bit late for a bi-weekly report i should have had this video out um last sunday but here we are anyway and really just going to touch on the biggest matchups here in this league and uh, what I thought of them. We're venturing back to week one. Um, I'll be honest with you, I forgot all my predictions, uh, I think, for the most part for this league. I'll try to remember them as I go, but if I get any wrong, you know, uh, apologies there. I'm going to start with my own week, Spicy Chicken Sandwich versus GC Fire. Won that uh, match up nine to four as I predicted. I did predict that one. I do remember spicy chicken victory. Moving along, we have squirrel encounters versus state of spies. This was a tied matchup, six six at the end of the week. I think I predicted that being a very close game, but I think I gave state of spy or sorry uh, squirrel encounters the edge rather um, by a bit of a margin. I think by two or three points. So I was wrong on that one. Uh, scrolling down here, we have the mess around versus Canadian Ice. 6-5 win for Canadian Ice. Definitely predicted the opposite for that matchup. I predicted the mess around winning, I think, 9-3. to um, But uh, the way I heard it, he was a bit disappointed with his uh, team there. But we have a special guest here as well tonight for Dave Talks Hockey. Uh, he's been on the YouTube channel. He was uh, part of the... Uh, mock draft 1.0 and i have i have the absolute pleasure and honor to have the one and only manager of spoiling the cheese here why don't you introduce yourself hello everybody uh glad to be on the podcast here uh my my team i'm managing is called spoiling the cheese um and i, I just hope i can give some intuition here on what are what, what my moves are and why i made them um so yeah, I'm I'm ready for some questions. All right, Ben. Well, right now I'm just going through the matchups of of uh, week one, and I haven't gotten to yours yet. But since you're here, uh, you know I touched on the mess around versus Canadian Ice losing six five, and now I have closed on Sunday versus Spoiling the Cheese. You won that matchup seven six, so a very close matchup. Something interesting about this matchup that I thought you would like to touch on especially is the fact that you didn't get three goalie starts this week, which was very unfortunate. And usually when that happens, you see the opposing team win. Um, you know, if you don't get three goalie starts, you, you're you're done for the week. But Spoiling the Cheese made it happen, and he still eked out a win here um, against close on Sunday, even though there was uh, no not enough goalie starts. Uh, let, let me know what you thought about that. What were your thoughts when you saw that you were one goalie start away and you weren't going to make it you didn't have any ads left 
Let me know if there was panic. When did you know that you were going to come out with the win? When did you kind of realize, and what were your thoughts when that happened? You know, I was in full panic mode there for a while, and at the beginning of the week, I wasted my uh, three, all three of my ads, I believe, on some some waiver wires. Um, and you know, I, the panic started setting in around Wednesday, uh, but I started to realize that my offense was performing so well that I didn't need any any goalie categories. So it was about, it was, I'd say it was about Saturday when I realized I might be able to squeak the win out here um, without any goalie starts. And, you know, I'll, I'll go into that problem there, what I had. Um, Let me tell you that you had Spencer Knight and Elvis Merz Lincolns that week. Just two? Yeah. Oh, that's the problem. I only had two goalies. I forgot. I thought I had a third one that, uh, maybe it was a no name of sorts, um, but I I only had two goalies. Uh, no wonder there. I pretty much have two two backups. Well, I guess Merz Lincoln's is a starter, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is a starter. Uh, I believe Columbus only played two games that week though, and that was Spencer Knight didn't start at all. So that was the problem there. Merz Lincoln's didn't have enough games to start because they weren't playing a lot, and. Uh, Night wasn't even a starter. It was all Bob there that week. So, you know, that that was my problem there. I really solved it. Um, I, I think I solved it pretty well. Picked up Allmark. Big fan of Allmark. I've been watching him the past couple of years, and you know, I've always thought that he's gonna he's gonna do he's gonna do pretty well for Boston. I don't know if he's always played for Boston, but um, I, I was really happy with that pickup. I saw him there and. I know that him and Swayman are having the starts, or halving it, I should say. And uh, I thought I'd take a waiver on him because I th- it looked like they were splitting them pretty evenly. So even if he wasn't going to be the starter, he was still going to play, I mean, at least one game a week, which uh, for Boston uh, is a good chance of being a win as well. And, you know, he can stop shots, um, good save percentage there as well, most games at least. Some some games it can be under under 900, which isn't too good, but... You know, I've been really happy with him. I think he's the starter. And actually, a little update uh, for the future here. I offered a trade to one of our league members, the North, just now. I offered him, um, Merz, uh, no, not Merz Lincolns, Spencer Knight for uh, Swayman. Okay. Uh, and it seems like an even trade. Very even trade. Yeah, I, I, we'd both benefit off of it there. Um, I think he does have Bobrovsky. So, uh, basically, Yeah, I think either either uh, the North has them or maybe uh, maybe Canadian Ice has them. It's one of those two. Thank you for that amazing, amazing description, Ben, of, of that scenario that you had in week one. We're going to move now on to week two. And this uh, very um, abrupt defeat to the spicy chicken sandwich from the mess around, dishing out a 10-3 to loss to the spicy chicken sandwich. I actually had more points than I did in week one, but just couldn't match up to the 43 points of the mess around. Plus 19, just a great week for them. Also, in, uh, shots on goal face, all the peripherals, 160-140, you know, 50-46. Uh, hits blocks just really got actually I ended up winning in hits um, I won in three categories hits wins uh, and save percentage 
um, despite me actually having a pretty poor week with my goalies. The mess around didn't have too hot of a week either, um, potentially even worse than uh, than mine there. So, um, But, yeah, despite that, still um, spiced chicken sandwich coming up short there. Next up, we have uh, closed on Sunday and Canadian Ice uh, being tied 6-6. This was a Saturday comeback uh, for... Um, Canadian Ice, much like, well, I should say a Sunday comeback. They got a game-winning goal and ended up uh, tying it up when closed on Sunday was winning. Canadian Ice actually had a similar occasion happen last week versus the mess around, uh, except it was Saturday um, that Canadian Ice turned the tables on um, the mess around. So this is a theme for Canadian Ice, and uh, they've actually had a pretty a pretty decent start to the year, uh, all things considered. Spoiling the cheese uh, again beat uh, the North ten to two, so uh, a big win here for Spoiling the Cheese. I'll wait for uh, him to come back from uh, a little drink break there to uh, comment on that week, what his thoughts were, how proud he was of his team, uh, and then we had Squirrel Encounters beat uh, the A team uh, eight to five, which was a big win for the Squirrel Encounters. Um, uh, coming back from that tied matchup the week previously, really coming on strong and dishing it out to the A-team. Now, Ben, I just recently covered uh, your matchup versus the North last week, winning 10-2 to while you were gone. Uh, do you have any special thoughts on that? Uh, how did it happen? Like, who were you most proud of on your team? I could read you any stats that you need, as I do have them in front of me, so just let me know, but it's all yours. Okay. <clears throat> Well, there were a couple contributions uh, that led to my win there. Very significant win for me. It really skyrocketed me to the top, which it doesn't mean much uh, when at the beginning of the season because anything can happen. You can fall just as quick as you rose. Um, I think my main contributors there were they're pretty obvious ones. Uh, Panarin and Drysital. They they were how many points? Had four points. Bergeron had five. And Nugent Hopkins had five. Quinn Hughes had four. Just a great week. 43 points, I believe, to Carson's 35. And you got three wins from Allmark with a 924. So very good showing for him. And even Merge Lincoln's put in a win with a 914. Yeah, I guess I guess I was thinking, how many did uh, Panarin and Drysaddle have? Drysaddle had three, and Panarin had six. So he had a big week as well, and Fox had four assists as well. Okay, so I'm thinking wrong. It was a whole team effort. Um, it really was. Yeah, it, that was one of my most, uh, I'm very proud of that week. It was a total uh, total destruction. At one point, I was winning 12-0. And then where? when did uh, Carson, how did he get back, those two? He got those points with plus, minus, and hits. Okay, yeah, um... We'll get into it. Uh, well, I guess this is week two, so there's only one more week. That's this week. Yeah, we're not going to cover week three just yet. We'll save that for the next bi-weekly report. Okay. Um, Should I talk about some of my pickups? That... Not just yet. I want to also just reflect on or really quickly. I saw um, in the Squirrel Encounters versus the A-Team matchup, that was a furious matchup um, with the Squirrel Encounters getting 49 points oh, wow. uh, to the A-Team's 41 so the A team had a great week as well, but Squirrel Encounters had an even better week, and twenty almost twenty power play points that week, four game winning goals. Wow, 
Um, that was to the Squirrel Encounters. As well, um, wins went to the A-team. Squirrel Encounters had three wins, 14 goals against, 9-13 save percentage. Not too shabby of goalie stats there. Um, but the A-team squeaks out the winning goals for that week. But very impressive week. 15 goals, 34 assists from the Squirrel Encounters team. Only plus four, though, so that's a bit interesting. Um, the A-team won there with plus five, uh, ending up uh, eking out another point there. But big week from Valerie Natushkin, eight points for the Squirrel Encounters that week. I mean, that's that's first overall numbers. Very incredible stats from Natushkin. He's just been on fire. No other way to call it. 93% owned, shooting up from around 60% when the year started. And there's really no other way to describe it. If he keeps up this pace, which obviously he won't because this is, you know, an over 120-point pace, um, I think people are starting to realize that he's definitely going to be an 85-plus point player, uh, maybe even touching 90 this year, which is just crazy for a late ad like Nachushkin was. Um uh, we also have Batherson seven points, uh, McCarr four, uh, Aho seven, uh, Brady Kachuk seven. So just so many guys uh, bringing this team to the finish line this week to a uh, big win. Not as big as it could have been. It actually probably should have been bigger with those amount of points. But the A team put up a great effort in his own right. So moving on to waiver wire ads and big trades that happened this week. Um, I'm just going to read out from the transactions list any big moves that happened. Um, there were there were a few. Uh, there have been a lot since the year started. Um, so I think I'm really just going to go over the big trades um, and give my thoughts on those since the, we, the league started. So um, I traded Evgeny Malkin and Jeff Petrie to the north for Miro Haskin and Brad Marchand. That was on October 16th. So, uh, you know, a couple weeks after the draft there, our draft was October 1st. So, um, you know, I get, we're basically swapping um, a left wing and a D for a center and a D. Um, so I send over Petrie, somebody who I just added, and Malkin, somebody who, drafted in, who I drafted in the 11th round, to the Norths, uh, Miro Haskin, who, who he drafted in the 11th round, and Brad Marchand, who he drafted in the 8th round, who at the time was projected to be back uh, late November which now we got the news that he's playing tonight, so I'm very happy about that. That trade's looking great for me, and um, excited to have him in my, in my lineup. What do you rate that trade on the scale of 1 to 10? 10 being um, extremely fair, great trade, 1 being uh, a complete fleecing. Um, and you also have to think of it with the context that at the time, Marshawn was scheduled to be out till late November. And when did he draft him? Eighth round. Eighth round. Interesting. I saw Marshawn, uh, but I didn't pick him up because I thought he was going to be out for a long time. <clears throat> Longer than November, actually, so that's why I passed him up. But as far as my rating on the trade, <clears throat> I would say the fact that he's coming back tonight is uh, you're basically getting a first or second uh, second rounder, would you say? Second rounder uh, at the beginning of the season for Malkin, who's, what would you say, Fifth, like at his best. Fifth or sixth rounder. Yeah, fifth rounder, and then Petrie, who uh, he had that one breakout season for the Montreal. But what is he putting up now? Obviously, his numbers took a hit with Montreal's low season last year. Um, but he's had a, as far as what I can tell here, um, 
he's had a fairly strong start to the season uh, with four points um, throughout seven games. And doesn't he get a lot of peripherals as well? He does. He, he touches all the peripherals. Um, so far, he has 18 hits and 16 blocks. So on his way to matching the 140 hits and the 117 blocks he had last year, I would say. You know, on paper, seeing if he was if Marshawn was going to be back late November, and you know, with those predictions, it could be even longer than that. Seeing that uh, back when you offered that trade, I can see how it would seem fair there. But I think you definitely won that trade. I'd give it a probably a four. It's not a fleecing completely. It's not like I don't know trading away McDavid for somebody that's not nearly as good. Um, but I do think you definitely won that trade. I. Uh, not to say that Malkin isn't going to do well. I just, I've personally had Malkin, uh, I think it was about two years ago, and he uh, fell awkwardly in the boards and somebody hit him and uh, pressed his chest in a certain way and his torso twisted. And he was out out for that, like, uh, I think he was out for two or three months, uh, which is expected. It was a pretty, it was a pretty bad injury. Um... But I just know he's, he's like, I think he's known for being injured a lot. Um, but when he does play, he's up there with Crosby and Getzel. Uh, that is a deadly, deadly line. I don't know if they play all three of them together. I know they're definitely all on the first power play unit. Second line. Second line? Who does he play with? Uh, I think he plays right now with Rust and um, Jason Zucker. And he's doing as well as he's doing. That's with the thought that he could move up to the first line if they make some transitions there. I don't know who's in this place up there in the first line. Crosby, Gensel, and I'm not sure who's got that other. Uh, that would be Raquel. Oh, Raquel. Yeah, they could they could interchange those. I bet. Um, I don't know if Crosby's center left wing. He might just be center actually. So they're both just center. I don't know. I feel like that's a in my opinion, that's a that's a win for you. It's not a fleecing by any means, but it's definitely a win for you. Yeah, I mean, at the time, when you consider, uh, you know, the context of the trade, it was definitely more like an eight. Uh, I would rate it at, I think. Um, but, you know, obviously, since he's going to be, he's literally back tonight, that's, that's great. That makes it so much better. But neither of us knew that at the time when we made it. But... The only other trade that's happened this year so far, very quiet on the trade front. Not many trades going down. Um, only have been a few since the season started. Uh, we have uh, Shesterkin from the Squirrel Encounters going to Canadian Ice for JT Miller. So clearly Canadian Ice fed up with the Vancouver Canucks, dropping all of them off his team. We'll get to that a little bit later. But um, just completely fed up. We're a couple weeks into this season, and he's hitting the panic button and hitting the nuke on his team for the Canucks uh, as far as they're concerned. So he's done with JT Miller. He's trading a second rounder for a third rounder in and That's where Shesterkin went in our league was third round. Um, what are your thoughts on this trade, Ben? Again, I would like to hear you rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. If I was to rate it, um, I would say this is probably an 8 out of 10 as well. I would give it the same level as um, my trade with uh, the North for the pure fact that there's that potential there for JT Miller to pop off and be amazing. 
um, equally as much as there is potential for Sisterkin to continue his amazing streak of being a great goaltender in this league. What are your thoughts? What do, what do you rate it? Uh, when I saw this trade, I instantly thought it was an even trade. Um, I don't think anybody won. I feel like they each got what they needed from that trade, which is what a trade should be, in my opinion. It should be uh, two people benefiting from the trade, pretty much. No fleecings or anything like that. I don't think that was a bad trade at all. I feel like both sides got what they wanted. Um, Canadian Ice got a elite goalie. Definitely top five, in my opinion. Top five? Yeah, I'd say top five for me. Uh, I had both of them, actually, last year, so I have first-hand experience with that. I had JT Miller last year. He got 100 points for me. He really uh, he, he really came out of nowhere for me. I, I don't know when I drafted him last year. It definitely wasn't where he went this year, so it was probably around sixth round when I drafted him. Um, and, you know, I think he previously – who did he play for before the Canucks? JT Miller? He yeah. was lightning. Lightning. Okay, that's what it was. Right when he got traded to the Canucks, I think he had one year where he got around 60 points, and then that next year was the year I had him, which was the 100-point season. I think JT Miller is going to put up the same. Uh, actually, I'm going to say possibly 90, but he could put up the same amount as last year, which would be 100. I don't think that a 100-point player... That is proving something. I don't. I don't think somebody like that could just score 100 points or get 100 points one year, then the next year just completely fall off and only get like 60 or 50, unless there's an injury, of course. Which that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm not counting in. Um, but I do think JT Miller's going to be elite as he always is. Um, and Chesterkin, he plays for what I think is one of the best teams in the league right now. They're they're performing. Uh, out of their minds right now, I think. Just great. I have Panarin and Fox, so I, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of points from that. I'm very happy about that, but I think the Rangers are definitely going to be a top-tier team, definitely making the playoffs, and I think it's too early to say if they're going to make a finals run. Um, but, yeah, I think Shesterkin's going to – he's going to stick to be the starter uh, behind – is Georgiev the backup for that, for their team? Oh, whoops. Who who plays for the Rangers? Yeah. Who's the backup? Halak, okay. I don't think uh, Halak, I definitely don't think Halak's stealing the starting position from Shisterk, and I think he's proved himself <clears throat> for long enough. And I feel like he'll get, I'm saying he'll get 35 wins this year, not counting if he gets hurt. Maybe more than that. Um, definitely 35, though. I th- he's definitely going to break that with, uh, of course, a good save percentage. But, yeah, I think that's a very even trade. Um, maybe I could say Jared, uh, also known as Squirrel Encounters, he may have squeaked out one, one point for me where he's winning the trade maybe, but it's not anything ginormous. Um, yeah. You said, you said 10's a good, is 10 a, I'd give it a nine. Easy nine. I think it's a good trade for both teams, but they got when they needed. Now we're going to talk about the DD, as our league has termed it, the Demco debacle. See, back with Canadian Ice, he dropped Thatcher Demco. That's right. You heard me right. Somebody who was a 10th round 
draft pick in our league specifically, 99% owned goalie, um, who is now 92% owned. So there's apparently a lot of guams out there. But anyway, uh, this was very surprising for us. Um, we were not expecting it. Um, you know, it was something that, you know, Demko would not just drop off the face of the planet. Um, he's not a goalie that would be known to do that. I don't care how bad the Canucks look to start the year. You know, Graham should not have dropped him, I don't think. I think that's a very bad move. Um, that's just me speaking, you know, what I think on the situation. And so he, he's been on the waiver, and everybody's conflicted on if they should pick him up because, you know, you, you don't want to do something unfair for the rest of the league because Demko is that level of a goaltender that he's great. I mean, he is one of the best skilled goaltenders just based off of pure skill. He has to be top three in the league, in my opinion, maybe top five. Um, that was maybe a little bit, um, you know, ambitious there, top three, but definitely top five, I would say, easily. And the only problem is his team is not doing good right now. But as soon as that team turns around, he is going to turn around as a result, and he's seeing 60% of the starts there in in uh, Vancouver so I just don't understand it you know it's very frustrating we we hope um that Graham picks him back up Canadian ice but um you know he's just going to sit out there until he 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 gets hot and the Canucks turn it around and then you know he will be picked up by somebody who you know is going to feel unfair doing so and so that was definitely a 1 out of 10 drop. You could even say in the negatives. That should not happen in a league. A player of that status should not be dropped. Um, ben, let me hear your thoughts on the Demco debacle. Uh, such, such a bad mistake there by Canadian Ice. If he would have kept him, um, he would have Shesterkin, Bobrovsky, and Thatcher Demko. That is... Probably the best uh, goaltending in our league. Uh, would you agree with that? I would. I would. That, that uh, to me, is insane. It's pretty much, I, I would say, 90% of the time, it's going to be a, a all swipe on the goalie categories for him if he has those three. And, he, you know, I, I don't understand what was running through his mind. Yeah, the Canucks are cold, but no team is going to stay cold forever. Uh, I think anybody's who, anybody who's experienced in fantasy hockey or even in the NHL, a team can be bad, but they're always, if it's the Canucks, they have star talent. We're not talking about Detroit here. Uh, the past season, Detroit has been absolutely horrendous. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Pedersen. We're talking about JT Miller. Uh, we're talking about Quinn Hughes. Uh, Thatcher Demko, uh, funny enough, great goalie. Um and we're talking about Brock Besser, all these top, top players. There's no way this team is going to uh, keep on losing like this. You just got to hold on until the turnaround happens. And, you know, he he didn't have patience, um, which is something you need for fantasy hockey. Some players, they're, they're cold as ice and at certain points. Um, and then, then they just – yeah, Canadian ice. That's a good point. Um and then, and then you just drop them, and they get red hot, and somebody gets them that doesn't deserve them. So that's my thoughts on that. That is a, a absolute negative drop right there. That is a uh, inexperienced fantasy hockey move. Um, and somebody who doesn't know the capabilities 
of Thatcher the Thrasher, I like to call him. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on that negative trade. Probably a negative 10 for me. Absolutely disrespectful to any owner of Thatcher Demko. Yeah, that's all I got to say on the matter. Well, it's getting dark out here, so we're probably going to wrap this up. But I would just like to um, say a few players that I think are worth looking at um, available in our specific league right now that they might be available in your leagues as well. So this would be beneficial to both people in our league and people outside of our league that might be looking around for a player to grab. Um, so, you know, I'm going to start off with Shane Pinto. As Squirrel Encounters dubbed it, Pinto Beans. Possibly my most favorited uh, fantasy hockey player nickname. Right up there with Scary Terry. Um, but Pinto Beans is out there, and I love him. I, I love that ad. He is... Uh, on a five-game goal-scoring streak since the start of the year. He's looking much like a young Timo Meyer or uh, Scary Terry, where they just score a goal every game and keep going. The only thing I'm worried about is his ice time, 13 minutes. He's definitely he's, he's just hanging there in the teens and just doesn't bode well with me. But uh, a great pickup nonetheless. What do you think about Pinto Beans? Pinto Beans, I am, uh, I am personally an investor in Ottawa. I have to bring it. Um, Pinto Beans, I don't know exactly. I might pull it up right here. Who does he play with? He's on the third line. Third line. With some I, I agree with that. If I don't think uh, Ottawa's third line, unless they have some depth spread out down there, um, I don't think he's going to sustain that if he's on the third line. But he's performing very well, which means he could uh, take the position in uh, the second line or possibly... If he gets lucky, the first line, uh, playing with some good talent there, uh, I think Pinto Means is most likely worth the pickup, uh, if not just a stream. And you could drop him right when he gets cold, or if he gets cold, I should say. But I do think Ottawa is going to be much, much better this year. They, they've they made good ac- uh, acquisitions, I should say. Uh, they've made good pickups, and I think they're going to be elite uh, this year. Very good. So, you know, Pinto being slides into my top three for people you should pick up. Also, I'm going to slide in that top three is Josh Morrissey, 56% rostered. This guy's getting lots of assists. He's looking a lot like our Erasmus um, Anderson um, for the uh, Flames, except on the Jets. And, you know, he also has some perifs in there that he throws in every once in a while, some hits and blocks. So I like Morrissey a lot, too. You go check him out in your leagues. Uh, he's available in half of leagues. So um, plays around 20 plus minutes a night so great um time on ice there and he's in the top um definitely the top d pairing there uh in winnipeg so go check him out as well and for my last waiver wire acquisition we're actually gonna go to let me see here do you want to throw in a third a third waiver wire to, to round out my top three? I'll do that. Uh, I just want to comment quickly on Morrissey. Another thing I realized I'm very surprised about, I thought Neil Pionk would be on the first power play unit without a doubt, but Josh Morrissey is on the first power play unit, which I find very surprising. Uh, top pairing with Neil Pionk. Uh, I'm not sure if I can I can do that right now. I I feel like I've, I'm working out a pretty good deal right now. I've got Martinez for blocks. I've got... Um, February, uh, Hawk and Paw for hits. I think I might 
I maybe I don't have him on my team just yet. I'm gonna pick him up uh, 100%. That guy is absolutely killing it in hits. Unlike Gudis, uh, people call him the Gudis Gudis the second. Um, but yeah, I'll throw in one more thing here. Throw one more player that you're watching that you would like the viewers to know about. I think that'd be great. Hmm. My fantasy hockey isn't loading here. Let me restart it. But anyway, I mean, I really like Morrissey. I think he he could be a great option on many teams. Uh, another guy that you recently had in your team was Wi-Fi Arbor Jacki. Um, you know, you love the name recognition. You love the look, even though he doesn't have a picture yet. I'm excited to get a look of him. Um, but somebody who gets tons of hits and tons of blocks. Only on he's on the Canadians though, so in plus minus leagues may not be um, a valuable person there. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I realized with him. I did have him for a while, and there's a good chance I will pick him up again because with my with my thoughts are with uh, some good hits guys, they're very interchangeable. There's a lot of them in the league, but you gotta take into account their plus minus. I I would recommend if you don't if you're not in a plus minus league, I very very highly recommend Rasmus Ristolainen. I've previously had a lot of experience with him, and he is a beast when it comes to hits, may I say. Uh, but if not him, uh, Hockenpah is very good with hits as well. But let me just keep scrolling on through here for waiver acquisitions. Um, let me see. Braden McNabb. David, I know you're a big fan of McNabb here. Uh, plays for the Knights, as we all know. I am very impressed with Brady McNabb, personally. Uh, I regard him and Martinez in the same category here. Uh, I do think they are in a different spectrum as far as blocks. Uh, Martinez is on another level. I think he has 39 blocks so far in the season, and that's just insane to me. I held on to Martinez for a while uh, last year. A couple months, actually. I was really looking forward to his return, but he, I had to drop him, unfortunately, uh, when he was close to coming back. I forget exactly why, but Braden McNabb, he uh, he adds up the blocks very quickly. Of course, not as much as Martinez, but with McNabb, you're also getting hits, and you're also getting uh, quite a few shots as well. So there's much upside with McNabb if you have those peripherals in your league. Um, and he also gets some points. So it's an all-around great player there, great defenseman. I love that. I love Braden McNabb. Uh, we love him. And so... <laughs> He, you know, he's on that top pairing um, with Theodore or uh, Petrangelo based on how Cassidy's feeling on a particular night. Um, so that's great. I really like that. Now we're going to go through three players that we think different teams in the league should drop. This one could be a little bit controversial. So I want you to go ahead and search up uh, the various teams and uh, tell me the top player that you want to drop. If you find one or if you catch two, uh, I'm – on any team in our league, specifically, that you see on somebody's team that you think shouldn't be there. Okay. I'm going through myself as well. Um, you know, I'm seeing lots of options here. <sighs> Hope you don't mind listening to the beautiful outdoors here in Virginia. Um, let's see here. I got one to start. <coughs> I do. Um, is it on my team? It is not. It is not. Uh, the team it is on. This could be a bit controversial. We'll have to see. 
Um, it's on the A team. That's right, the A team. And you know who it is? Who is it? It's Jay, uh, Jake DeBrusque. I'm going to go with a, a DeBrusque here. You know, he's on the top line with Bergeron and Marchand, so you could say he has upside there. People have been talking about this guy forever, and he just never does anything. And you know what? I'll throw in another from the A-team. <laughs> I'm throwing a few in. I'm going to go as well, Carter Verhage. I think he needs to be on the waiver wire. Somebody who has three points in seven games, he's not going to do anything. And I know the top line's been slow. Um... But Reinhardt is also cold on my team. You might say I should drop him, but I won't because he was a fourth rounder. So I got a couple there from the A team. We're not going to do three. We're going to do a few. Yeah, you can. I got some comments. Um, Carter Verhage. I don't know why uh, the A team here doesn't drop him right when he starts performing well. Like we know, we know Florida is going to start performing well no matter what. They have they have talent. Yep, I agree. Uh, I feel like Verhage is somebody that gets overlooked, and if he drops him, he can go right on and pick him up when they start getting hot, because he knows uh, if he has enough fantasy uh, intuition that they're going to get hot, and if he keeps him on his watch list, um, he could easily, easily pick him back up. Uh, and who was the other player? DeBrusque. DeBrusque. I greatly agree with that pick. Um, I, Marshawn's coming back. You gotta accept the fact that DeBrusque is getting kicked off the first line, most likely going to the second or third line. Um, you can say what you want. He does get he does get shots. I'll, I'll I'll give him that. He gets shots. But I think we all know Jake DeBrusque is not doesn't have any chance of getting more than fifty, maybe more than forty points. I'd say. Um, actually, I'd say more than fifty. He got forty-two points last year. That may be, uh, maybe there's another injury where he went to the top pairing, but it's it, there's really, really no, no upside to him when Marshawn comes back. It's just a free spot. I have a pick right here myself. Um, let me find him. I just found him. Seth Jarvis uh, on the mess around. Uh, I, I wanted to comment on this man. I just saw him, and maybe I don't know enough about him. I don't know. Uh, I could go to the daily face-off right now. And do you want? Can you do that really quick? Go to the daily face-off. First line. First line? Oh, okay. That's that's what I didn't take into account there. But, but even he's still, had a slow start. He's had a very slow start. Even yeah, exactly. Even still, uh, it's it's a very slow start, and it's not like the Hurricanes have been doing bad. They've gotten uh, four wins, and the ones they've lost have been pretty close: two, three, and four, six. Um, he doesn't get any peripherals. I I don't I don't really see any upside to him. I, I hope I don't offend anybody, but that's that's my opinion. I don't think he should. Uh, I think he should be on the wire. That's that's my opinion. Another player I think should be on the wire. Over on closed on Sunday, really? I got one. Jacob Slavin. This guy this guy needs to be on the wire. Um, he's not doing anything. He's getting dropped by a lot of people. He's minus four in the last week. He has two points in, again, uh, six games. 
he, he gets very few peripherals. Uh, you know, one hit, one hit, two hits, zero, zero, one hit. Same thing with the blocks, copy and paste it. Uh, you know, very little shots, no upside here from Slavin, and he's getting you minus as well. He, he's not having a good start to the year. And, you know, he could be a hold for, for high Slavin hopers, but those high Slavin hopers have to know when to let him go. And I'm not calling close on Sunday a high Slavin hoper, but just there's better people on the waiver wire, you know? Um, somebody we were just talking about, Morrissey. I would love to see Morrissey slotted in there instead of uh, Jacob Slavin. I would love that, you know? That would be a great swap out. So that's one I see um, on close on Sunday. And I got a few more here. Um, this has really turned into a lot of people to, to drop, but sometimes things have to be done. Brock Besser, he is somebody who's always hurt. And guess what? He's hurt again. He played seven games this season, or sorry, six. And, you know, he got a few points. He, uh, he got four, four assists in six games, but he's hurt again. Uh, shifts to IR. That, that's his new update, undisclosed. No, not, nobody knows what happens to Besser. He just always ends up with it. He has the injury bug. He's a big ep. I talked about the start of the season. IP, injury prone. That's what Brock Besser is. Drop him right now. I want to see him on the waiver wire. I don't like it. I don't like it whatsoever. Um, also scrolling down, Owen Power. Another person that needs to be dropped. He was highly touted. Highly touted rookie defenseman for Buffalo. But he doesn't have any upside because Darlene's standing in his way at every turn. Darlene's on the top power play unit. Darlene's on the top D pairing. And he's doing great. He has goals all to start the year. And that is a big plus I will give the North is drafting Darlene. That was an amazing dark horse that nobody saw incoming but the North. So I'd like to also give a praise to the North as well. Um, in the same breath that I'm uh, you know, condemning here owning Owen Power. Uh, two assists in uh, six games. And very little peripheral upside. I don't like it. Drop him right now. I, I say drop him. Uh, you know, uh, I don't. I don't like. I don't like Owen Power right now. He's not looking good. I got another one here. Uh, he's for Canadian Ice. We all know him now. The man that dropped Thatcher Demko. Uh, Lucas Raymond. I don't understand this pickup. Yes, he had 50, or was it 57 points last year? He had 57 points last year. But guess what? Rookie year. That was his rookie year? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's contradicting my, my thought. You know, I, I see where Canadian Ice is going with that one. And I have to be the defender here of Canadian Ice, um, I think, a little bit. Uh, Grant, you didn't know uh, that he was a rookie that year. I thought I've heard his name around, but I, I didn't know he was. Uh, he's a great Swede, and he knows what he's doing. Uh, they, they just got to get on fire, and he's you know he's had a slow start to the year, um, but he's getting the time on ice. And for Canadian ice, I like holding on to Raymond. He's a hold. Dime, be diamond hands with him. Um, I don't think. I personally don't think there's much chance of uh, of the Detroit Red Wings going on fire. Yes, they can they can get a couple wins here and there. But uh, I have memories of uh, m- maybe it was 15 losses in a row. It was. It may have been two years ago, but uh, a lot of changes since though. You gotta. You gotta. I feel like I feel like they've acquired some and they've lost some. Who is that one guy? Uh, he plays for somebody else now. He got traded away. Who is that one one guy? Do you know? He had the super long name. Um. 
Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, well, I, I I wish I could find his name there, but I feel like you have to take into account also how many minus you're going to get from this. Third, he had minus 32 last year. When you own Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings at this point, you have to take into account you're going to be taking a lot of hits in the plus-minus category. And to make up for that, you have to have uh, a lot of good players that get a lot of plus. The Red Wings to start the year are 3-3. Three and three. That would throw three that in three? there. They're 500 winning percentage, which is not great. Um, I, I'd like to also just give a quick uh, shout-out to Canadian Ice again uh, for this Dominic Kubalik pickup. You know, Bertuzzi's been out. Uh, I, I drafted Bertuzzi. He got injured. Uh, very depressing there. Um, you hate to see it, but Dominic, Dominic Kubelik slides up there to the first line. Canadian Ice watches it. He sees it. He sees the production. He sees the minutes uh, shoot up. And Kubelik has 10 points in six games, which is great production. And I like this pickup a lot. I mean, he's plus 52% owned since the start of the year. So, I mean, you can't doubt that. And, again... I feel like we've been harping on Canadian Ice this episode a little bit, but we have we have to give we have to give praise to the parts that that are great on, on this team. And Dominic Kubalik was a great great addition from Canadian Ice. I have one more thing to say. Uh, I, I don't mean to tear up Canadian Ice here, but I think you'll agree with me on this. Four Detroit Web Red Wings is a lot. It is a lot. Um, you know, one of them's a goalie, so. He's not going to be someone that gets minus. And, you know, the goalie is a, a, a decent enough goalie. Um, he doesn't get all the starts. He's splitting starts with Nadalkovich right now. Um, so, I mean, you minus the goalie, and it's three Detroit Red Wings. Um, Perron might be somebody I could see maybe getting rid of. And I know he's also he's trying to trade Raymond as well. Um, but I do agree. Three's a lot for Detroit. Um, you know, maybe, you know, they're, they're watching a lot of those games. And... For that, I understand. I've had like three or four Leafs before, um, but that's different because the Leafs are a lot better of a team than Detroit. But uh, I, I know where you're coming from. Four's a lot. Um, but, yeah, that that's not a terrible situation. I mean, there are varying positions, right wing, uh, right wing, left wing, right wing, so a, a few different positions there. But, yeah, do you have anything else you want to add? I think it's been a great episode, you know. We, we give both teams, we give all teams discussed, you know, praise but also with some criticism and it's all constructive criticism you know no no hate here to, to any team in this league we love our league and we love our listeners here on dave talks hockey um so we hope you're enjoying the content on here ben did you have anything you wanted to end off with uh, let me look through i got two more teams Mantha. oh they lost mantha that's who that's who uh the red wings lost i wait he wasn't that good actually i i think i saw him uh Three years ago, he was doing great. Or maybe it was two years ago. Uh, former glory, I should say. Let me look here. We got Cairo, Falk. I think, the, I think the interesting thing about the Red Wings is the Verona situation. You know, he just kind of disappeared and went to the NHL Players Association, uh, joined their group there, and just left hockey. So that's pretty interesting. You don't usually see that from players. It's kind of giving me big buff vibes where he just kind of left and disappeared and never came back. Hope that's not the case for Ron. I hope everything's great. But he's a great player. And he's being sorely missed by the Detroit Red Wings. I can assure you that. How long is Tom Wilson out? Till December. Around. That is a 
late late November. Um, you know, kind of like McAvoy, the situation he's in. I can see uh, GC Fire is a Washington Capitals fan, so I can see why you'd hold on to him. If there was a uh, Toronto Maple Leaf that was as good as him and he was going to be out for a couple months, I would hold on to him. Um, I was going to get on for that, but Tom Wilson's a good player, you know? Yeah. Lots of hits, lots of peripherals. So, anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, we had a, a lot of fun making it. And uh, thank you all for listening. Do you have anything else you want to finish off with? Thanks so much to my guest here, Ben, also known as Spoiling the Cheese. Uh, had a great time on the show, and uh, hopefully we gave some good tips, and uh, hopefully we weren't too harsh on some of the teams. But I appreciate the uh, invite to come on here, and I hope to come back soon. Oh, you definitely will be. All right, guys, that's where we're going to end it. Have a great night. DTH out.